The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Wonderful Monday to you all, ladies and germs. It's Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball, hoop-ball.com presentation. Also brought to you by our good buddies at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, H.I. Kona Coffee on Twitter. HawaiianIsles.com is the website. Hawaiian Isles on Amazon.com. Send that good stuff directly to your doorstep. Start the week right with a cup of Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company brew. You can also get their K-Cups if you're into that sort of thing. I am Dan Bespris. Dan Bespris, B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I know I've gotten into this weird habit of spelling my last name at the beginning of shows, but this is an interesting time of year for podcast hosts, and I'll just pull back the curtain quickly at the start of this thing. This is the time of year where a lot of new people are finding the podcast. I know this because I can track the listenership numbers, and around this time of year, they're higher than any other time of year. So somebody out there is listening that hasn't listened before, and I'd love it if all of you guys, especially the new guys and gals, subscribe to the show on whatever service you're using, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We finally got iHeartRadio fixed last week, thank the good Lord, so that's back up and running. Uh, and drop a five-star review on the bad boy if that's something that you can do at your portal as well. And then also, please do follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, Bespris, B as in boy, E-S as in Sam, B as in boy, R-I-S as in Sam. I do a lot on Twitter, a lot, needlessly large amount of things happen on Twitter for me. And so uh, I would really appreciate it if you guys followed me there because then we can continue our conversations i talk about fantasy sports a lot i answer questions on twitter i do tweet storms when the season gets going it'll be worth your while i this i promise so that's at dan Bespers. welcome to another week of fantasy nba today we've got two more pros to go through today and tomorrow we'll have adam king on the show today of fan tracks adam stock of elite fantasy basketball he'll be on tomorrow and we also have to continue our exploration of over and undervalued Yahoo guys. We started that on Friday's show, excuse me, and then straight up ran out of time. Straight up ran out of time. That show ended up being like an hour and 15 minutes long, and then I thought, I better stop this thing. And uh, so that curled us into today. Uh, We have some partners to tell you about mybookie.ag we'll tell you about that in the middle of the show we have another coupon code to tell you about we also have the b150 is officially in the draft guide today today's the day it's christmas in october october the 7th 2019 is the day that aaron brewski put the b150 into the draft guide so no longer do you need to get any kind of early draft or early b150 subscription if you go to hoop-ball.com and look under the premium tab you can get the draft guide just go to buy the draft guide it's 19.99 but we're gonna have a coupon code later in today's podcast you can get it knocked down to 16.99 and it's got the b150 in it aaron brewski's top 150 players ranked with projections it is glorious 
And if you have that, you're going to clobber your league. That's pretty much all you need, uh, unless you're in a super hyper mega competitive league, and in which case that bad boy will get you set up in the top couple, and then you just have to stay on top of it throughout the year, and you'll win that one too. Every year since HoopBall has been in existence, the B150 has beaten the projections uh, of competitive sites. Brew is hoping to continue that streak. He has a hole. It's color-coded and it's crazy, uh, but it's out there at HoopBall as well, where he broke down uh, how he fared against some of the top sites in the industry. You can check that out so you can see the methodology. That way we're not just yelling things from the rooftops here. Uh, And again, stay tuned for the coupon later in the show. I'm also going to tell you about the recruiting efforts later in the podcast as well, so uh, stay tuned for that. But, I, you know, we're four minutes into this thing, and I haven't done anything of value to you guys, so let's just jump right in. Adam King, I want to do this thing. Uh, he's waited long enough. We recorded this like a week and a half ago, and the poor guys had to wait to hear his segment air, um, but he's been very patient. He's happily running our league, uh, a 20-team industry roto league. That's also happening. Let's jump right into that now. Pro Weeks. On Fantasy NBA Today, I do enjoy this time of year. This is where I get to either argue or happily agree with at least, and there will be 11 here that have to do with the mock draft, but at least 11 of the best minds in Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, Today I am joined by the great Adam King, at AdamKing91. If you want to give him a follow on Twitter, I suggest that you do. A-D-A-M-K-I-N-G, and then the number's 9-1. He's the lead fantasy basketball analyst over at Fantrax, where we had this draft. Uh, Adam, welcome to the show. First time on the pod, I think, right? It is. It's the first, uh, my first time on any pod, so no. uh, very excited to be here. Wow, this is going to be a great day. I'm going to just, I'm just going to ruin your experience for podcasts forever. This will be my first and last podcast. <laughs> yeah, so. I was going to say. <laughs> well, it was it was fun. At least I got to be the one to destroy this world for That's you. That's right. Um, That's right. So uh, briefly, since it is uh, inaugural, uh, your your podcast debut, oh. I figure, I mean, we can use a moment here to just uh, kind of introduce you a little bit. Um, yep. How did you end up over at Fantrax? How long you been over there? And, and tell your buddies thanks for helping us host this draft. Yeah, look, I uh, I think I started in fantasy basketball by accident probably six years ago. Uh, fell into it just because some of the guys I actually play basketball with were into it and they had a, a team that opened up. Um, I enjoyed writing the doing the write-ups for them every week and I thought, well, this is something I could do uh, on a more permanent basis. So I got in touch with Josh Lloyd uh, over at Basketball Monster he pointed me in the right direction. I linked in with fan, uh, with uh, RotoWire actually first um, and went from there. I heard on the grapevine that Fantrax were looking for someone to lead up their fantasy basketball team. So I made contact with them and and here we are. So I've been with them now for, well, for about a year. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. Now, I you know, I don't mean to make any uh, presumptions here, but your accent doesn't sound that dissimilar from the great Josh Lloyd. Are you guys near to one another? Uh, we're, we're close uh, in comparison to how close you are to Josh <laughs> Lloyd. Um, so he's down in Melbourne and I'm I'm near Canberra. So we're about oh, seven hours apart, seven hours drive. Okay, that's um, not that's not crazy. That's, you know, that's like half of no. California. We can, we can, I can wrap my head around that. That's about the distance from uh, Los Angeles to the Bay Area. A little bit more, yeah. I guess. 
Yeah, right. So not that far. And I, I mean, I I drive down there regularly, so it's really not that far. Um, and and I mean, I, I was in the states in July for the first time, and so got a bit of an idea of distance uh, for you guys as well. So so for <laughs> for some countries, seven hours is a long way, but for us, it's it's not, and for you guys, it's not either. Well, so well, of course, we would list that in miles here, which is miles. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> do you guys? Yes. Am I misremembering? Does uh, do you guys have a minor league baseball team there the, in the Australian Winter League? Ah, oh, I wouldn't know. I know absolutely nothing about baseball. So I think it's the can- um, I think it's the cavalry. We'll have to check. Yeah, on that. I, I think we do, and I think they might be reasonably successful too. I'm not sure. I think that um, we may have. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm channeling my own weird past. I think we may have had a kid uh, who played for our our team in Bakersfield in California here that played. Um, in the Australian Baseball League, I might be getting the I might be getting the team wrong. I can't remember if it was if it was you guys, uh, the Cavalry, or if it was somewhere else. In any event, uh, yeah. not not super important. Um, the the main point here is welcome to the podcast. I've already yeah. gotten weird again. Adam King is who we've got on today's show. Let's break down your draft because uh, and before we even dive into the first pick, you sent me a screenshot on Twitter before this show that. Uh, had you placing relatively well in terms of projections? Do, should we start a little uh, a little battle among the pros here? Since I think you we were actually could. at the top of it. I was. Yes, I was very surprised. I know, uh, as you have mentioned on some of your podcasts, the uh, the draft sort of um, went to went to a bad place towards the final <laughs> few rounds. Um, and I actually, we actually got uh, one of the fan tracks. Uh, lead guys in there he jumped in and, and tried to fix things but, but he obviously I, couldn't so I, I took I took um, matters into my own hands at that point and I was like you know what I I had about an hour 15 from when that happened uh to get to the supermarket and back and start cooking dinner and so finally yeah. I just said you know what I'm just gonna set everybody to auto pick and I'm gonna hit up each one of these guys to get their 12th round pick and I'm putting Boogie Cousins as every single team's 13th rounder. So congratulations, you have Boogie Cousins on your team. Oh, I do, and I'll wait for him to return and see what happens. Yeah, it'll um, be, it'll, I'm guessing it'll be a fairly even playing field since everybody has him in this league. So it ended right, up being a 12. Right. It ended up being a 12 round draft instead of 13. But honestly, for our purposes, that's kind of enough. Um, and we can just dive right in. Your first round pick, you had third overall, and you managed to get James Harden. I feel like that's probably considered a battle one he doesn't usually fall to three no look i think that's probably um probably the pick we need to talk least about yeah, um agreed I, I was i was happy to get him there I, I don't have him as number one in my rankings i have uh cat and ad above him but they both went so there you go it was hard for me yeah yeah easy one i mean yep, if you got easy it's funny actually that you know just to just to kind of date when these podcasts are being recorded um, they're all going to be airing out of order, but I, I've spoken to you, Adam, today, along with Kyle McEwen and Josh Lloyd, and that actually knocks out three of the top five, which is interesting. I, I, I didn't even see it coming as I was sort of planning out my schedule for the day. So on none of the hits that I've recorded today, we've really had to talk about the first round pick at all. That's going to be coming up uh, on, on some of my different days of analysis. So let's just jump right ahead because, you know, that's an obvious one. James Harden is an easy top five, blah, 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 et cetera. Uh, yeah. Nick Vucevic at 22 coming back in the second round. This feels like a really safe play, a guy that outperformed that. Yes, it was a contract year. I know everybody has these weird fears 
because uh, he, he did run into some injury stuff earlier in his in his time in Orlando. But I mean, if he plays even close to what he did last year, then this is this is an easy grab to make. He feels like a pretty safe second round pick in a in a round where a lot of riskier guys are going. So I, I really like this one. Yeah, look, he was, I probably, uh, so looking at my notes here, I, I actually would have gone Aiton, uh, DeAndre Aiton above him, but Josh took him before me. Um, oh, yeah, the pick right before, I, I think it was. Yeah, right? Yeah, he yeah. was right before me, yeah. So, um, so no, look, I mean, Vucevic is fine there. He, I, th- I think he, he was sort of a, a first round, back of the first round uh, guy last last season on a per game basis. So whether he can reach those heights again, I'm not sure, but I'm ha- I'm happy to get him at the back end of the second round. I think he's a pretty safe top 20 sort of player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and then, I, you know, you know, my take on this type of stuff, I always feel like if you can just not mess up the first three rounds, you basically put yourself in position to be a top three or four team in your league, provided you don't, like you can't, the rest of the draft can't be a complete disaster. But if you don't mess up your first three rounds, you're going to be in contention. It's just that yeah. simple because those guys are so important. Yeah. No, I, I think um, when I sort of broke down my draft here, and I've been listening to your podcasts on the uh, Yahoo ADPs over the last few days, um, I actually think my first five picks are probably picks that you're going to to be okay with. Um, <laughs> you, you're absolutely right. I didn't even want to lump them all together, but now you've. You've put it out there. Um, yeah. yeah, I love your first five, man. This is exactly the way I would have gone in in those five spots. Yeah, so my third... So, yeah, I, I mean, as we said, Vucevic, very safe there. Um, you went safe in the uh, third also. I did, yeah. Look, Miles Turner with my third pick, um, needing to chase blocks a little bit, given that Vucevic isn't, isn't sort of prolific in, in that category. Uh, and blocks can be tough to find later in drafts. So I just thought getting him there um, ensures me ensures that I'm at least going to be competitive in blocks. Um, and, and again, he finished last season as the 26th ranked player. So yeah, he, right on par there. Um, I, whether he goes up or down doesn't really phase me. Uh, I think back end of the the second round, for, uh, early third round is is fine. So I'm happy with him there. I agree, and I think I, I feel like we should throw one disclaimer on him that I, I, for whatever reason, haven't really brought up on shows to this point. He got off to a really slow start this last season and then went bananas for like the last four and a half months. I don't feel like, even I don't even fully remember it. I had him in a couple of spots, and I was always fairly confident that he would get it turned around, and then he got it turned around to an absurd degree you know he was he was floating around in that top 85 range for about a month last year and then he went nuts so for those of you that draft him this coming season keep that in mind if he gets off to a slow start for those of you that don't draft him keep that in mind in case you want to think about buying him if he gets off to a slow start but inevitably adam you're absolutely right he's he's gonna get his blocks it's a great guy to get he's he can single-handedly keep you in the upper half of your league in that category and then you went fourth round, and I, I think we may end up spending a long time on this one. Rob Covington, who you know yes. is one of my favorite fantasy players in the NBA, and you put him right next to one of my other favorites. But I don't want to—I don't want to get ahead of myself yet. Um, I'm going to ask you the question that people keep asking me because I've—I've I've had to sort of defend myself on the Rob Covington front uh, a few times here l- lately, and you—you've probably heard me doing that. 
Uh, his ADP is around 40. When he's healthy, last year he was inside the top 20, but he was not healthy at all last year. And I- I've gone on record as saying I think he probably could have come back towards the end of the season. I don't know if that's true. I'm sure the Timberwolves would, be, would deny it. Um, do you think he could have come back at the end of the year, or do you think he was really, truly hurt? I just, I don't know. I feel like the, the, the Wolves need him so badly this season, which is both a good and a bad thing. They could end up overusing him. I, I'm just not afraid. I mean, even if I only get 65 games out of him, I still think it's going to be a really cool season. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I think he probably could have come back, but we'll never get any official word on that. But um, yeah, yeah, look, I he he for every season he falls. Um, he sits around forty when you go into drafts, and even at forty, people will question me why you're taking him there. But I mean, you look at his ranks from the last few seasons, and he's been a top forty player at least for the last three years. Um, and and in Minnesota, he's he's probably going to sort of shift into that power forward position, so I can see his rebound numbers going up. Yeah, you're making um, me salivate over here, man. This is all the stuff yeah, I want to hear. Yeah, and look, he, I mean, defensive stats obviously are where a lot of his value comes from, but he hits a lot of threes. Um, Minnesota traditionally don't have a lot of perimeter scoring, so they're going to need him out there jacking up threes and. And, um, yeah, look, I, the fact that I got him at 46, I, I was pretty excited that he was even still sitting there. So I, I think along with the rest of my top five, I think he could he could easily be a top 30, top 25 kind of guy. So And here's no the other concerns. part. Here's the other note on Bob is, and this is kind of what I've talked about as well, there is a very real possibility that he misses some time. He's had knee issues throughout his short NBA career, and I think, uh, you know, a reasonable person, I like to think that I might be a reasonable person sometimes, would say, okay, yeah, I love him with all of my heart, and I love his fantasy game, but yeah, he probably is going to miss 10 games this year. He's probably going to miss 10 games. I'm okay with that, And I'm also particularly okay with it, Adam, for your team for the reasons we just talked about. You went ultra safe the first three picks, so you could have a little bit of risk with your fourth rounder in Covington. And people don't think of him as kind of like your risky upside play, but from an actual value standpoint, that's what he is. If he stays healthy for 72 games this year, at 46, he's going to be a whopper of a value. If he only stays healthy for 60-something well, then he maybe gets pretty close to that ADP or slightly behind it. But I think that's this is a spot where you could roll the dice, especially then you went safe in the fifth round again. So that's perfectly reasonable to take a little bit of a shot in one of those first five picks. Was that something that was going through your head at all as you got to this? Or were you just kind of like, I love Rob Covington, I want him, because Lord knows I've had that feeling before. <laughs> uh, I think more the second, I think. I just love Rob Covington. I love the the, the Timberwolves as well. I always have a soft spot for them. So, um, But I'm not too worried about the injuries. Um, I mean, prior to last season, he played 80 games. Um, and, and I just think, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, he probably could have come back uh, last season, but the the Wolves had nothing to play for, so I'm not too concerned. If he can, I'd be happy if if you'd get sort of 70 games out of him. He was he was a the 16th ranked player last season. Yeah, um, man. So that's yeah, the look, uh, that's a trade I made that um, 
will crush me for a long time, and yet I still hold no, I harbor no ill will towards Rob. Uh, I I can't remember exactly who I traded. I think I ended up with Rob Covington and Jimmy Butler in a deal in a league where I was uh atta- it was a head to head and I I think that I had decided I was punting something. Might have been assists. I traded yep. away someone and maybe points as well. And so I just had this team that was racking up defensive stats and never turning the ball over and then if Covington goes down and that's your build. Uh that was a kind of a shot to the groin. Um your fifth-round pick at pick number 51. And by the way, I, I forgot to list off. Covington, you said it was 46. You actually did that. 46. Yeah, you yep. did that job for me there, so thank you. Uh, Otto Porter at 51. Um, he's going to be a he's gonna be dynamite this year. Another guy, I guess you have to sort of hope he stays on the floor enough games because he only played 56 last season. But he was inside the top 40 last year, and he's been inside the top 30 a number of times. He's going late this year. It has to be fear of injury, right? There's no other reason why he should be going this late. Yeah, I think it has to be. And, and I mean, partly, possibly because he's on... I mean, the team he's on now has has more offensive weapons than probably what the Wizards did. Um, but, yeah, look, again, he, he generally, outside of last season, he, he's been very durable. He's played at least 75 games mm-hmm. uh, in each of the three seasons prior to that. So... Um, Washington, I, I just, I he he wasn't a good fit there. I don't think his usage was uh, was terrible. Yeah, um, there's, it's and, tough to it's tough to get much on off the plate when you got Wall and Beal in front of you for most of your time. That that uh, that eats up a lot of the usage, I think. <laughs> it does, yeah. And and look, during uh, the last the last two months of last season, he was inside the top thirty. Um, and, and I mean, even looking at the season as a whole last year, he was, he was dropped in some of my leagues that I was in, uh, early in the season. He finished the season as a top 40 player, um, on a per game basis. So uh, getting him at 51, I, I think again, that's much like Covington. That's a no brainer there. I I just had to take him and, and especially in a roto format where he, he's solid across the board. So at this point now, you start to take a few more shots, which I think is <laughs> I re- it's reasonable, though, because you you built a, a, a safe and strong foundation in your early rounds. Um, I'm yep. a proponent of the notion that around pick 70, 70, 75, somewhere in that neck of the woods is what I've been referring to affectionately as no man's land for a couple of years yeah. now, yep. because Yahoo doesn't know. You know, their rankings are generally off by three or four rounds at this point. So there's sort of no point in going in whatever order they throw the players at you. This is where you start to target guys a little bit more, guys that you think could have breakout seasons or beat their ADPs or whatever it is, and guys that you don't think are going to get back to you at your next pick. So uh, we'll just go through them. Lonzo Ball was your first kind of take a shot guy at pick number 70. I mean, you actually said it. Yeah, I, I took a little bit of a shot here. Um, I'm a little bit afraid of what's going on in New Orleans, but I'd love your logic on on why you're taking a chance on him. I mean, Lord knows his fantasy upside is through the roof if he could ever get a shot to drop on top of his other stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love what he can do. Uh, I, I even looking back on my team, there's a, a bit of a, a theme again, which I wasn't I wasn't doing on purpose, but. I actually got quite a few guys in my team that that give you out of position stats, and I think Lonzo is one of those. Um, he rebounds really well from the guard position. He'll give you blocks. 
Um, percentages obviously are, are, are a bit of a negative for him, but I like to I like to be a glass half full kind of guy. So uh, <laughs> I like to think that his percentages might come back a little bit this year. Um, my team, in general, outside of outside of ball, probably are very solid from the free throw line. So I figured I could cop his free throw hit and. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do in, in New Orleans, but it seems like his father has distanced himself a little bit from him. So um, hopefully he can focus a little bit more on his performances. And I also wonder with his injuries over the over sort of his first two seasons, how much of those have been legitimate injuries. And again, the Lakers just not really playing for anything. So happy to let him sit on the sideline. I th- I would assume that the the separation from family and big baller brain and all that stuff that's yeah. that's a positive. I, I think we've all got to agree that that's that's a positive for him and just a fresh start away from L.A. Um, you know, God love my Lakers, but the the spotlight out here has broken players before, and it seemed like yep. it was starting to break him a little bit. Yeah, no, I think so. I think, um, I mean, I, I know there was early on sort of coming into this season uh, a couple of months ago, there was talk as to whether he would actually start, um, whether whether he would start at point guard, whether uh, Drew would start at point guard and, and Redick would come into the starting lineup. I think, I think Lonzo is going to start. I'm pretty sure he will. Um, and if he can give me sort of seven rebounds, eight assists, 12 points, that sort of thing. I mean, he's, he's going to contribute everywhere. So I'm happy to take the risk there, given my my initial uh, five players are pretty solid. So and, and I think if you look to my next pick at pick 75, it's similar. I, I'm looking mm-hmm. for a bit of upside there with him as well. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you can, you can transition us here. J- uh, Jonathan Isaac is your next guy. Yeah, Isaac is my next guy. I remember heading into last season, there was a lot of hype around him. Um, I wasn't on board as much. Uh, I think he had a few injury concerns. He's had some. He'd had some ankle injuries during his rookie season. So, um, but it, last season he was relatively healthy. He he was up and down. He had some really good patches. Uh, some some patches where he would just. He, he seemed to be one of those players who who relies a bit on confidence. So I think if if his shots aren't falling or he's not contributing to the team, he tends to just fade out. Um, hopefully this year he's he's sort of got two years now under his belt. So I think think coming in this is it's probably an area where, uh, as you said, you you can take a bit of a risk and and I think. This is probably probably sort of as high as you would go for him. Uh, his ADP, I, I think, is around eighty from memory from listening to your podcasts. Yeah, eighty-two, um, eighty-two. Good, uh, good memory. Yeah, eighty-two. So look, I think I, I top fifty might be a bit of a push for him, but I mean, if he can start hitting his shots and and he he's solid enough from the free throw line. Um, I could see him sort of sort of finishing in this area, maybe maybe top sixty. Uh, but again, it comes down to for him, it comes down to defensive numbers, much like Rob Covington. Um, yeah, and he and could be confidence. a guy that averages um, one and a half blocks, one steal, one and a half threes. So, and you, I think you hit the nail on the head with the confidence side too. There were so many times last year where he was just standing around, and that's where you need. 
I mean, that's where you need teammates that see that and can get him a little bit more involved. And sorry to DJ Augustine, he's just not <laughs> that kind of point guard. He's not the one that sees when a guy needs a basket or just needs to touch the basketball. And then there was like a two-month stretch in the middle of the year where they were using Jonathan Isaac and he was building confidence. He was taking shots and all the other stuff came around as well. We've also seen these reports of him gaining some 35 pounds this offseason. We'll see, you know, offseason muscle report is a, is a time-tested yeah. tradition in the NBA. Yeah, uh, look, he need, I mean, obviously he, he needs to to put on some bulk there. Um, and, and, and as that comes, he, he'll just get more physical. He'll get more aggressive. So... Uh, again, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to take him at 75, a bit of a risk, but, um, there's some upside there. So next guy on your list was at 94, uh, and that was Derek white in San Antonio. So I'm going to say the same thing I said to, uh, Kyle McEwen, who took DeJounte Murray at 98. So you guys were pretty close with the two San Antonio backcourt guys. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, me, I'm of the opinion where if I don't, have a a strong feeling on something i tend to just sort of gloss over it um sell me on greg popovich getting the most out of both of those guys i mean i know he's a great coach but it just seems like there's there's a lot going on in san antonio right now how can they how can they coexist sell me on it it's uh i know it's a situation that you're i think i think a direct quote was that you were afraid of the guard situation i am afraid so um yeah look I, i think Again, it's a pick that I'm not 100% certain on, but he he played reasonably well for Team USA in the World Cup. Um, I know you didn't watch a lot of the World Cup, but we did down here. <laughs> I wish I could, man. It was like four in the morning for me here and on ESPN+. Plus. How the hell am I yeah. supposed to watch this stuff? Yeah, no, it was, it was perfect timing for us. The games were on it. Uh, I think the early games started at around 5 or 6 p.m. Ah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, Last games were at were at ten PM, so we got we got a lot of nights of just watching back to back games. That's fantastic! Um, I'm so jealous. And, All I wanted was to watch actual basketball, and it was just on an ungodly hour. Even if I was on the East Coast, I might have been able to catch it. Those games were often over before I woke up. It was legitimately the middle of the night for us on the Pacific Coast. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And I mean, look, I mean, for Australian basketball, it's probably a little bit bigger than for you guys. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, we're still we were we were you know we're getting hungry, right? We're all basketball fans, so that's right. Yeah, that's right. In so, any event, um, sell so me, look, yeah, sell me, uh, take the fear away for me. Derek White was, was uh, the fact that he he made the t- well, he almost made the team by default because everyone else dropped out, but <laughs> he was he was there. Um, I mean, he was just he's building his relationship with uh, with Greg Popovich. He's um, taking a bit of a uh, coming back into the Spurs camp. I would think he's going to take a bit of a leadership role, um, and he, much like I mean, a few of the the other guys on my team, he he gives out a position stats. So he he's a he's a guy that can give you a block, a steal, and a three pointer. Again, he rebounds reasonably well from the guard position. I'm. It is tricky to see where his minutes are going to come from, given Dejounte Murray and and the hype that surrounded him coming into last season. Yeah. Um, but I th- I think there's a world where Dejounte Murray and Derek White can share the court. It, it is going to be tough, given they're they're both 
they're not prolific uh, three-point shooters, so so spreading the floor is is a bit of an issue there. But their defense, I, I just think they provide a lot more on the defensive end when when you compare them to say um, Demar Derozan or, or Patty Mills. Sure. Um, so I, I think the Spurs are, are an interesting team this season. I, I think. They could very well finish sort of top four in the Western Conference, but they could also miss the playoffs altogether. Yeah, yeah they're, they're a weird bunch, man. There's no doubt they about are. that. Yeah, and, and so here's no the, depth. The, my uh, my the, follow up the there. Side. Yeah, I just you know when I say I'm afraid of something, it doesn't necessarily mean that I think it's wrong. I just don't have the confidence to pick a side on it, so I usually just move on to the next thing. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, and again, if if I hadn't gone um, pretty safe with my first five picks, I may not have taken White there. I might have gone for a a sure thing, but given what I had early, I'm happy to take a risk there and see what happens. I like your pick at nine too, ninety uh, ninth overall, Mark Gasol, who is the forgotten man all of a sudden, but you know when he gets playing time, he does stuff, and he'll have to probably do a little bit more this year than last season. So. You know why the hell not take a shot on him here? Yeah, no, it's it's. Um, I mean, part of it was was just positional. I needed another center, um, and, and I mean, he he was obviously a little bit disappointing towards the back end of last season. Sure, but the last month he he played fourteen games. The last month he was almost a top sixty player, um, only scoring nine point three points per game. So. It's hard to see him scoring less than that. Oh, I would think with Kawhi gone. Um, yeah, there's just, just only so many shots that Pascal Siakam can take. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So he's um, he's a, look. He's a, he's a handy passer um, along with Vucevic. Again, my out of position stats. I think Gasol mm-hmm. and and Vucevic can get almost a combined ten assists between them. So. Um, He'll block shots. He 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 obviously isn't as as young as he used to be, and um, he he's not the player he used to be. But if I can get him at, at around pick one hundred, uh, I could see him easily sort of finishing inside the top eighty, top seventy, uh, given the role that he's going to have to play. Serge Ibaka's there, but I think they fill different roles, so I'm not I'm not too worried about him. So I've been clumping the last three picks together in in yep. these discussions because I feel like this is really you know this is these are the official late rounds. This is where you're just you know you're 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 flipping a coin, you're throwing a die, whatever you want to call it. You're you're just sort of throwing one up to the sky. Um, yours are ones that I that I can really get behind. I like I I can see the logic behind each one of these. Davis Bertans was your tenth rounder at one eighteen. Rudy Gay was your 11th rounder at 123, getting a little more San Antonio Spur action on that team. And then this was the, you know, post-facto, I need a 12th round pick, uh, <laughs> Evan Fournier, which is fine. Like, you know, he wasn't very good last year, but he's generally floating around that top 95 mark on a season-to-season basis. Rudy Gay was actually way better than people realized last year. And he's, like, he's barely getting drafted in leagues right now, but... I mean, I, if memory serves, he was like around the top 80 mark last season. I, you know, I don't know that these are what you'd call traditional massive upside guys, but they are dudes that, for one, if any of your mid-round shots, if they don't pan out, these guys could slot in very easily into those spots. And number two, you know, this is a Roto League with a games cap, so you want to have somebody that you can sort of flip in there, make sure you don't fall far behind. 
you know, if Rudy Gay's a top 80 guy, fantastic. If Evan Fournier's top 100, these are good guys to have to sort of plug in when you need someone to chew up a game, and they each serve a purpose. You know, Fournier can get you some scoring. Gay, more the percentages guy. Bertans, if he if he lands, you get you a bunch of threes and probably some boards. Am I am I thinking along with you close to what was going through your head? Correct me where I missed some stuff. That was my guess. Yeah, uh, look, you're pretty much right on there. Um, Rudy Gay, I, I had him in a lot of teams last year, and he he just chugged along. He doesn't stand out. He does what he does. Uh, and you were right. He finished uh, he finished 85th last season. Oh, so, there you go. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I don't I don't see a massive change in his role. Maybe his minutes come down slightly, but he doesn't really hurt you anywhere. Um, so I, I did go pretty safe in these last few rounds. Uh, Fournier, again, I, I, because I had a little bit more time to think about this pick because that was when the draft um, <laughs> sort of all, all got messed up. And, and I initially was looking at getting Goran Dragic, but uh, someone grabbed him just before me. I, I think, that's right. I think it might have even been Josh. I got to check this thing out. No, it wasn't. Uh, it was, it was Josh or it was Greg. It might have been Greg. Yeah, it was Greg. You're um, right. So, so I, I mean, I was looking at, at, uh, at Dragic for his assist, but Fournier, look, I mean, I was just chasing some points late there. Um, he was impressive in the World Cup. Whether you saw that, I don't know. I wish. Uh, but he, so he made an all-star five in yeah. the World Cup. <laughs> You're teasing me with this. Yeah, did you see it at four in the morning out there, Dan? I'm like, no, I didn't see yeah. it. I wanted to, but I'm not waking up at 4 a.m. No. So he, he was good in the World <laughs> Cup. He, um, he averaged 20 points a game, over 40% from three-point line. Um, and he was, he was aggressive. He actually looked more aggressive going to the basket than I've seen him in the last few seasons. So I just figured I'll, I'll take a risk on him and, and see if he can carry that through to the NBA season. Uh, and Batans, not really sure what's going to happen there. Washington are not very good, to put it nicely. Yeah, that was and, nice. Yeah, I mean... They're terrible. Whether he, he may start, I don't know. It could be him. It could be Rui Hachimura. Um, starting there, but I still think Batans is going to have to play minutes. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth at centre, so there is uh, a chance he shifts over to centre when Thomas Bryant's off the floor. If they want to, they want to sort of stretch the floor a little bit more. So Batans was sort of my my uh, upside pick there. There's not a whole lot of upside, but I could see him finishing inside the top hundred if if everything falls right. So yeah, I like it. I like yeah. all of it, and you know. The the end the ending thought, of course, on you know, if we talk about a guy like Fournier or whoever else people took in their twelfth round, how many times do our twelfth round picks actually finish the year on our fantasy team? That's right. Not often. Rarely. <laughs> Rarely. I'm yeah. I'm I am, you know, the 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 limit approaching zero. I'm such a wheeler and a dealer that it's almost almost never on my team. No, uh, no, I'm a regular visitor to the Wave Award. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> likewise. You can't have all these teams going and not be making moves on them. Where's the fun in that? That's right. That's, that's right. Uh, Adam, well, now we got to see how the projections hold up. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna delete this league, but you've got the players listed in your thing now. So uh, let let's see what what shakes out on this because Fantrax had you. That was you were number one, and it was a it was a boat race, man. You were blowing everybody out of the water on that projection sheet. Yeah, I was, and and as I said, it came as a surprise, and and that was even, I mean, 
<laughs> nah, man. You and I carry are very the trophy. In the, host the we're very hoist different it. in the fact that. Um, so I play a lot of head-to-head leagues, and I punt in every league I'm in, basically. Uh, and I and I think we even sort of briefly discussed this when we were messaging each other. But I'm I'm reasonably comfortable punting four out of five categories when I play head-to-head leagues. Wow, which is something I don't think you would ever do. No, that because uh, the regular season would terrify me if somebody got hurt. <laughs> Then it's like, well, I'm stuck going four and five every single week. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, it's uh, it was it was touch and go last season in in a few few leagues where I only scraped into the the playoffs, but then ended up winning every playoff um, battle for five to four. So, um, do you know what stat I liked on your projection sheet that you put together? The team yeah. age, the team age, second oldest here, baby. Old man uh, Bespris, only defeated we by we the Welsh. pretty old. Yeah, you were um, right behind me by like a month, your average yeah. age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were second, I was third, and the Welsh was actually first. Yes, so. the Welsh, the oldest team in the league. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Although he and yeah, I actually no, look, draft I pretty similarly, too. I was happy to come out, come out on, on top, but again, it's projections. It's, it is. It's only... That's yeah, all right. It's, it's I don't for, know how much you read into those things, but good for trash talk. Although it's also worth funny. pointing out that your team was ranked by this projection sheet as far and away the most durable of anybody in the league. Did you notice that that category? I, oh, t- I did. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at it now. So I've got uh, 816 games, and next best would be Bogman on 772. So yeah. very durable. I don't know. Yeah. Did, we, did we even talk about the durability factor of your team? Rob Covington is really the only guy who's consistently missed. Well, that's not true. Lonzo Ball has. Yeah, Lonzo Ball, I think. Um, yeah, outside of those two, I, I think the rest are, are, are pretty solid. I think they could all sort of see upwards of 75 games this I'm, season. So. I'm guessing that Kevin Love on my team registered as like 15 games played, and that's probably why my, probably, <laughs> my yes. games are a little bit lower. In any event, yeah. uh, Adam, can I get you back soon now? Did I, did I ruin podcasting for you, or did you have an okay time? No, I'd be happy to do another. I'd be happy to do another one. Yeah, <laughs> he's Adam King of Fantrax, lead fantasy basketball analyst over there at Adam King ninety one. Of course, follow him there. We'll tag him on all the stuff going out, so you'll have an opportunity to just see the tweet and click the name there. Adam, thanks, my man. Thank you for having me. I'll let you uh, go and deal with your with your son now and get him to bed. That's right. He's pulling back the the curtain here. It's uh it's toddler bedtime on the west coast of the US, but you'll never know. I'll never know. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was fun. Adam King, first time on the podcast. First time really doing, I think he said any podcast and he seemed very comfortable. So we'll have him back on the show here in the not too distant future. This I can promise you guys. Um And now I want to tell you about our buddies at mybookie.ag. I think by now you sort of know what I'm going to tell you. We're coming down the chute. We are so close. Two weeks and one day from the start of the NBA season. I don't think I need to tell you about what they do with the NFL anymore. Because I can just say, open your account and use the promo code TODAY. T-O-D-A-Y is the promo code. And mybookie.ag will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. That's pretty crazy. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. If you want to bet the NFL, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to say don't. As it happens, I'm not very good at betting the NFL because, as it also happens, 
I don't watch the NFL. So if you don't watch something, you probably shouldn't bet on it. You might have, you know, flip a coin beginner's luck. But if you're into that, go do it there. They care. They will take care of you. They have player perks. They have uh, in-game wagering. Obviously, parlays. If you don't have parlays, what's the what's the point even? Uh, correlated parlays. That's a discussion I'll have with Neil at some point. That's a, a, a very different thing. And that's the way you should be betting them if you're going to be betting parlays. Uh, they have fantasy. You can actually bet on fantasy points for NFL players in the middle of these games. The key here is, and and this is what I've said on a number of shows recently, and I I really do believe it to my core, they care more than other online betting websites. They actually care if your experience is a good one. They take care of you. They make sure you get paid. They have customer service people, real, actual human beings that can help you on that front. Uh, So again, use promo code TODAY. Use the promo code TODAY, OI, and the word is also today, T-O-D-A-Y. Again, mybookie.ag with a deposit match. Check them out immediately. Uh, I'll tell you more about the recruiting stuff towards the end of the show. I want to jump straight from Adam into our Yahoo discussion, the continuing kind of hype, sleeper, whatever you want to call it. I like to just say overdrafted and underdrafted guys, but I know that doesn't have quite the same haymaker punch in the community as hype and sleeper and buzz and post-hype and these these types of words. That's the stuff that people are Googling. So you got to say it and you got to put it in your title or nobody's going to listen to you. But here's the, the bottom line. You avoid the guys that are getting overdrafted because they're not going to be a value. And you attack the guys that are getting underdrafted because they will. It's simple as that. If you didn't listen to Friday's show, we covered a handful from each category. On the overdrafted side... We had covered LeBron, Luca, Trey, and Devin Booker, and this is and Booker was uh, I would reckon far and away the the least overdrafted of that four. On the underdrafted side, we actually covered four teams as well. That was or four players, I should say: Jimmy Butler, Andre Drummond, Nikola Vucevic, and Chris Paul. Sort of the all underdrafted team. But I had a bunch more names that I didn't get to cover on Friday, so we'll see how many of those we can get through today. Back to the overdrafted side. The next name on the list, and this is just the easiest one of all, and that is Ben Simmons. And this one, I mean, I could go into, I could launch into a wild diatribe about how absurdly overdrafted he is in every non-points league format, but you guys know that already, and so I don't know that I need to spend a ton of time on it. His stats from last year. 17 points per game, which is fine, ever so slightly above average, what you'd need to uh, be successful in your league. Nine rebounds a game, almost eight assists, both very good numbers on those fronts. Uh, 1.4 steals, 0.8 blocks. Those are both above league average. 56% from the field. That's his strongest uh, non-assist category. But then, three and a half turnovers a game, big downer. Zero three-pointers, big downer. And uh, medium volume, 60% at the free throw line. That one kills you. That one's a kick in the teeth. If you have free throw percent in your league, he's not going to get to where he's being drafted. There's just no way. Unless something drastic happened this offseason. And sometime, I mean, we've seen, we saw DeAndre Jordan completely fix his free throw stroke a decade into his career. It's unusual, but it does happen. But if you're gambling, which is what you are at this point, drafting Ben Simmons, his ADP is 26 in Yahoo leagues, you are spending a third-round pick 
and praying that this dude's free throw percent is just completely changed season over season. If his free throw percent goes up to league average, which is like 77 and a half ish, something like that to for, I should say fantasy league average. He becomes basically number 22. So suddenly now he's a sec late second round guy, but still, still my point on Ben Simmons is even if you pull out free throw percent, his ceiling is four slots above where he's being drafted. That's without free throws. You put them in, if he is anything below league average in that department, he is below where he's getting drafted. QED, right? Some of, I think most of us probably took geometry in, in middle or high school. QED, that's the end of the proof. We don't need anything more on Ben Simmons. That's just not an interesting one. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is the next man on my list of, of generally overdrafted guys. His ADP is 28.7. I'm honestly floored that this isn't lower. And it's just the scoring thing, you know? He scores. So guys that put the ball in the bucket a whole bunch of times, they obviously get a pretty sizable bump. Donovan Mitchell was number 52, 5-2 in nine category leagues last year. 24 points per game, which is a number that likely isn't going to change all that much. Utah got more scoring on their team. They lost defense and gained scoring. Four boards, four assists, 1.4 steals, a little under half a block, 43% from the field, and a medium volume, 80.5% at the free throw line. So he's fine at the free throw line, but he's not making massive strides there. Donovan Mitchell's one big area of potential improvement is field goal percent. So you have to hope that that's the number that increases from 43 to 45. That's your target. If that happens, suddenly you've got a chance to get somewhere near that early third-round valuation. He's also got to be as durable as he was last year. He played 77 games. Still a young guy. I mean, I don't see any real reason why that shouldn't happen again, but you just never know. You, you can't... I don't think you can bank on 80 games... You can probably bank on 75. He's he's played through a lot of stuff, and his team's going to be good this year, and I think they want to win games, so that helps. But a lot of what I'm looking at with these guys is what would it take to get to that mark? And for Donovan Mitchell, it means playing in basically every single ball game and a field goal percent bump, which is the way I like to sort of handicap these guys. By the way, he was number 42 on a totals basis last year. So even with the nice games played number, he still didn't get anywhere near his ADP. Still a full round back of that and change. When you handicap guys, you should try to look to see what are the things that need to happen for them to get where you need them to get, and then what are the odds of those things happen, and then what are the odds those things all happen, right? Like, there's a few things that could happen here. Donovan Mitchell could see a field goal percent bump. Donovan Mitchell could continue to play in most of his basketball games. He could see a slight free throw percentage bump as he continues to improve at the line. Maybe. We don't know. Steals, probably not going anywhere. Blocks, probably not going anywhere. Points, rebounds, assists, probably not changing much either. Threes, I would say roughly the same thing. So the volume stats, I don't think are moving much. So you're looking at percentages, basically, basically here with Donovan. And health. 
If all of those things hold, he could get near his ADP. And that's just not a good, that's not a good numbers game to play. If, whereas, and then this is just in comparison now to somebody, say, on the all-underdrafted team, when you look at those handicaps, and on Friday, for instance, we talked about, you know, someone like a, a Chris Paul. Chris Paul being vastly underdrafted at 32. Last year, Chris Paul played in only 58 ball games, and he was still number 47 by totals. On a per-game basis, we mentioned this on Friday, Chris Paul was number 21 in his worst season as a pro. So the handicap there is, will his 42% shooting come back up a little bit? Yeah, probably, because he doesn't have to take only three-pointers alongside James Harden anymore. He can get closer to the bucket. Will his free throw percent go up? Yeah, probably. Last year was a career low. There's no reason for that to change, even if you're getting older. Assists, going to be good. Volume's going to be better without James Harden around him. There's a lot of things with a guy like Paul where you're like, what are the odds that this happens? Volume probably goes up a tiny bit. Assists, probably stay high or even potentially go up as he's running a team. Threes, probably go down, actually, a little bit. Steals are going to always be good. Percentages should both go up. Turnovers are always relatively low for him as a point guard. The handicap there is if he can play 65 games, he beats his mark easily. That's an easier handicap than saying three things need to happen. With Chris Paul, you need one thing to happen. And that's why I think you get it, me at least, I get into these mental battles between guys of, well, this guy needs three things to happen to hit his mark. This guy needs one thing to happen. Some guys out there like Eric Bledsoe, they literally need zero things to happen to hit their mark. They need one very small thing to happen. No catastrophic injury, knock on wood. I'm not even putting that on the chart because that's the same for all of these guys. No catastrophic injury, he hits his mark without anything happening. He's, he is on, by the way, the underdrafted list. So, you know, maybe I'll throw him into the discussion for later today. Next on the overdrafted list, I want to do three of those and then three underdrafted, and we'll, we'll keep this going throughout parts of the week as we need to. Uh, Blake Griffin. I mean, I, I know that I'm taking easy ones. I'm like, I'm cherry picking on today's show, but it doesn't matter. It just, uh, this one, this one crushes me because he's just, He's not the guy that everybody wants him to be. His numbers catch your eye every time. By the way, his ADP is 44.5, so it's a lot lower than usual. But last year, and this again is 9-cat roto is what we're talking about here. So 9-cats, we're comparing per games and totals. Last year, Blake Griffin had, by all accounts, I would say the best season we could have ever expected him to have. He played 75 games, which was... Very much a high watermark for him in a long time. He hadn't cleared 67 games since 2013. So very much a high watermark on games played. Woof, not even close on that number. Uh, The scoring, 24.5 points per game. That's a career high for Blake. Career high. Not recent career, full career. 7.5 rebounds. It's a little bit down from the high marks of his career, but he's playing alongside Andre Drummond, so that ain't going anywhere. 5.4 assists? That's half an assist off his partial season with Detroit the previous year, but basically a career high. 
0.7 steals, 0.4 blocks. He's always right around 1 to 1.2 combined steals and blocks. That's not changing. And, and here's the more inter- most interesting part of it all, uh, free throw percent, solid at 75 for him. A little bit down from the previous year, but well above his career mark. 46% from the field, which is back closer to what he was doing before he started taking a bunch of three-pointers, and two-and-a-half threes per game. Right now, it sounds like I'm trying to sell you on Blake Griffin, but all of that that I just told you, that all sounded so succulent. By the way, 3.4 turnovers per game, not good for 9-cat. 65 was his rank on a per-game basis. That is the best-case scenario, and he's getting drafted at 45. Don't do it in a nine-category league. Don't do it. He's probably going to be hurt again this year, and even if he avoids it, as you just saw, 65 with those wildly impressive popcorn numbers. That's an easy one. Uh, Underdrafted list. Let's turn our attention over to some of those names. I already mentioned Eric Bledsoe. This, to me, is, and I I can't figure this one out, no matter how much we all talk about him, he stays at ADP of 54. 54 makes no sense at all. He was number 44 last year when he was, at times, not at all involved. (laughs) That's mind-boggling. He legitimately needs nothing to go right to beat his ADP this year. Nothing. Just no catastrophic injury. There's no Malcolm Brogdon in Milwaukee anymore. He was way better when Brogdon was off the floor. He's shown himself to be durable now that it matters a little bit. You know, played 74 games last year, 78 this most recent season once it started making a difference. He's a high steals guy. He'll get you his five and change or more assists. He'll get you his almost five rebounds. He'll probably score a little bit more this year with no Brogdon around. High field goal percent. His free throw percent was actually four and a half below his career mark. So that should, by all accounts, come back up this coming season. Eric Bledsoe's got third round written all over him. And he's going in the fifth. He needs nothing to go right for him to beat his ADP. If something goes right, he will trounce his ADP. To me, that's the easiest one on the board. I would take him in the fourth round. If I'm towards the end of it, I guess. I'd take him in the fourth round anyway. In the words of the great Bob Euchre from Major League, the hell with it. The hell with it. I'll take him wherever he's available to me. That's an easy one. Uh, Tobias Harris is another name on the all-underdrafted list. His ADP is actually the exact same as Eric Bledsoe at 53.7. A couple things, well, maybe one thing needs to go right for him to beat that ADP, and that thing that needs to go right is is that he needs to keep his percentages high. But I don't see a giant reason why that wouldn't maintain. He's a career 47% shooter who shot around 48 last year, so it wasn't like a, a crazy monumental leap. He didn't change his shot profile all that much, and he actually shot worse from three-point land, so that's actually a a, a realm that could get better. Free throw percent was above his career mark, uh, but not by much, and he's been up in the mid-80s for three years now after starting a little bit lower than that. 
Uh, doesn't do much on the defensive end. That's the one thing looking at his recent numbers that has tailed off considerably from when he was just coming into the league. So don't expect that to go anywhere. Still, even without defensive stats, and last year he averaged 0.6 steals and 0.5 blocks. That's pretty low. Uh, 20 points, 8 boards. He boards better than people realize, and that might come down a little bit with Al Horford in town. Three assists, two three-pointers, 49% from the field, 87% at the free-throw line, low turnovers. He was number 33 on a per-game basis, and he played all 82 games last year. You don't need him to play all 82 games to hit his mark. I mean, he was actually number 20, by the way, on totals last season. He's 27, so it's not like he's aging. He signed with the same team. We know his role already, uh, and he's going in the fifth round. I would. This is why I've said on some of these podcasts with pros that I'm strongly considering taking fifth round guys in the third, fourth, and fifth round. I think Tobias Harris could go in the third, fourth, or fifth. I think Eric Bledsoe could go in the third, fourth, or fifth. I think Kyle Lowry could go in the third, fourth, or fifth. And that'll be the last name that we talk about on today's podcast. There are slight things with Lowry that frighten me that the other guys on this list don't really have. And the big one is, he's coming off a surgery. The other names I've listed on the all-underdrafted chart, Jimmy Butler, Andre Drummond, uh, Vooch, Chris Paul, Eric Bledsoe, Tobias Harris, those guys are not coming off of off-season surgery. Kyle Lowry is. He's still not playing in the preseason, so there's a little bit of fear associated with his health coming into the season. You guys know how uh, terrified I am of guys that start the year hurt. He played 65 games last year, ended up ranked number 49 by totals. Again, missing 17 games in the process. So that's a pretty attainable number for most guys in the NBA. 65 is a low target. On a per-game basis, which is where a lot of times we start our assessment of these guys, life was better. He was number 35. He was drafted in the 20s last year, so he disappointed a lot of people. He didn't score last year because of the emergence of Pascal Siakam and, of course, the presence of Kawhi Leonard. One of those things remains the case in Toronto. The other does not. I think you know which. He's a low field goal percentage guy, so he will hurt you there. But good steals, decent blocks for a point guard at half a block a game. His assists are going to be big. His volume is going to go back up. And when he had high volume a couple years ago, and I don't expect him to get quite to that mark, he was an early second-round guy. And he is going in the late 50s. He's at 56 right now. I'm not taking him into the third, fourth, or fifth round. Uh, Oh, excuse me. I I would take him in the fifth round, I should say. I'm not taking him in the third or the fourth round because of the injury situation. Uh, But I'm happily taking him in the fifth because, again, even if he misses a few games to start the year... We're talking about a guy whose role is going to be back up closer to what it was in the past, not all the way, just infinite potential, and I don't care that he's getting older. You guys know I don't care about that stuff. You, but we do, here's the difference with him and the other guys we talked about, we do need something to go right for him to get where we're aiming, which is, I think he could be a third-round guy at the end of the year. I think he could be ranked between 24 and 36 by totals at the end of the season. He does need to maintain some measure of health. Just signed, by the way, an extension, so uh, Toronto wants him around for whatever comes after this weird year. So they love him. He's going to play. He's locked in there, which is a nice sign. So he's not just going to be sitting on him 
his body hoping for good health from following seasons. He's, he's locked in already for 30 million bucks, if I believe. If I'm getting the number right. So I think he's going to try to play. I think that Toronto wants to have a decent playoff seed. I think they know they're not going to win the championship, but they're still better than most of the teams in the Eastern Conference, even without Kawhi Leonard. And so I think even in a bad case scenario, Lowry gets to his ADP. And in most scenarios, I say 20% of the time he gets right around his ADP at 80%. He probably beats it by some quantity. And that's where we'll leave off on this one. More names to come on future episodes of Fantasy NBA Today as we profile Yahoo's, whatever you, again, whatever you want to call them, hype and sleeper guys. I want to remind everybody, recruitment season continues here at hoop-ball.com. Please do send me a note, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. You got to follow me so then I can send you a direct message. At Dan Bespris, if you want to be a contributor at HoopBall, we are looking for folks to man the newswire. It does require writing skill. It requires speed, checking the news, getting the information out, being able to sort of build your fantasy takes as you go. So this is this is a hardcore training thing. But if you want to break into the industry, it's a wonderful way to do it. We're also looking for people. Uh, I mentioned recruiting. We're looking for people on the team coverage side. We're looking for people who can podcast or want to get into that field. We're looking for people that want to help out perhaps on the marketing side. There's a lot of stuff going on over here. If you'd like to get involved at HoopBall, shoot me a note, at Dan Bespris once again on Twitter. Reminder here at the end of the show, the B-150's in the draft guide. I know I told you at the beginning, but I'm telling you again now, go get the draft guide today. It's got the Brewski 150 inside of it, and use coupon code KING, K-I-N-G. It's Adam's last name. It's pretty easy to remember. KING is the coupon code K-I-N-G. It'll get you $3 off anything at HoopBall. You can get the draft guide. You can get the pro package, which is the draft guide and our full season premium pass together. That, of course, is a bundle, so it's on discount. And then you can add the coupon on top of the built-in discount. The coupon, once again, is KING, K-I-N-G, $3 off anything you get at hoop-ball.com. That coupon is active right now. I set it up while I was doing the podcast. Multitasking for the win. Tomorrow, we'll talk to Neil Rochlani. We got more betting angles to cover. We got more futures wagering. I love it. I do love Tuesdays with Neil. Uh, Wednesday, we'll talk to Brandon Marcus. Again, tomorrow, we're going to wrap up our pro week, and then we're segueing into some other good stuff. We're going to break down some ESPN numbers later in the week. We've got uh, Mike Catron on the show, ready to go. Uh, Hank Aaron on the show, ready to go. We don't run out of things to do here at Fantasy NBA Today. So thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in. Please do drop a nice five-star review on the pod if you've been enjoying what you're listening to. Once again, follow me on Twitter. We can continue our discussion over there. Go get the draft guide right now. Have a wonderful Monday. I will talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.